Hey folks, my name's Rhonda and I'm your host and welcome to Shaman Talk, episode 102. This week we're going to talk about sacred closure. I had a request from someone in our Facebook community to touch on this subject, so that really resonated for me as a, as a good topic. So thank you to the person who requested this subject, you know who you are. Alright, so let's just dive right in. So closure, or sacred closure, if we're talking about it from a shamanic perspective, can be described, I guess, as the ending of a significant part of your life. Often closure is associated with relationships, but we can seek closure for many things. After the end of a job, a stage of life, like a transition, um, or a way of thinking, moving on from a past way of being into a new way of being. There are many, many ways that we would seek closure. But often those transitions can be difficult and even painful for many of us. You know, something that we once counted on or were really defined by as a very important part of our life is, is finished, it's over. And often we'll, we'll hang on or we'll really want to, we'll really feel scared to let something go. Closure means, I guess, finality. Finding closure implies a complete acceptance of what has happened and an honouring of the transition away from what's gone before to something new. So in other words, closure describes the ability to go beyond imposed limitations. Yeah, so closure means that we have accepted the past, we have moved forward, we're no longer limited by it, we're no longer affected by it, and it can then open up new doors, new possibilities. What is interesting is that we're often brainwashed by television and movies from a really young age that there's a glorious, happy ending to all of our stories, yeah? So it shows us that our lives should always include happy endings or at least closed endings, complete endings. And we're taught that anything less than complete fulfilment and smiles all around actually is a, can be seen as a failure. I would say that these days, um, television and movies are becoming a lot more sophisticated, but I would still say that this was fairly true. Like what we consume as media is storytelling and stories have a beginning, a middle and an end. They wrap up, there's a circle and we're comfortable and happy with that and we like that. So that's what that's what we're given in, in our media. But that's not how really how life works. You know, we very rarely get to ride off into the sunset with the emotional pain never darkening our door again. That's quite rare. It does happen, of course, but it's rare. So if you have this expectation that at some point you will no longer have any sad feelings 
or frightening memories about a trauma or you believe that you have to be completely free of it to be fully healed, you'll often find yourself deeply disappointed and frustrated. Now, in in shamanic terms, it's absolutely possible to find complete closure for um, these traumatic relationships, um, traumatic times in our past. It absolutely is possible. I've found closure myself and that is a complete, in in terms of it being a complete acceptance and it no longer having any power over me, my, my, my traumatic memories. And many of my students and clients have also reached that stage. And I'll talk about later some of the things that we can do to, to get to that stage. But by expecting it to happen quickly or expecting it to happen at all, it might not happen for you. So I think that letting go of the romanticised view of closure is a really good first step. So it's almost like closure implies that all of the chaotic feelings and issues that you have are put in a box with a bright coloured bow tied in a ribbon and put on a shelf never to never to be seen again. But genuine healing of emotional pain doesn't work that way, usually. It does occasionally happen. Like, I've seen it happen. It does occasionally happen. I'd like to keep that hope there that it, that it might, but it's, it's quite rare. It's usually a long process of layers and difficult choices and techniques that you can use. And it's just sometimes seeking professional help. You know, there's lots of different things that need to happen in order for closure to, to come to a complete fruition. You know, real healing isn't a tidy and straightforward process. Authentic healing is also very different for everybody. You know, we know that the different stages of grief and loss are can be wonderful guides, like they were for me. Um, but they don't occur in an explicit order. They don't happen the same for everybody. I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there with that, but yeah, so genuine healing of emotional pain is a is a complicated process. And the but what is true is that the desire to have closure or resolution in any given situation is very much human nature. So even if that closure looks very different for everybody, the need for it is often really strong. We feel like we have to have come full circle. We want explanations for the things that we don't understand. And we can find it really difficult, right, to move forward if we don't have the type of closure that we want. So what happens then is the power of the past holds us in place. It has powers over us, power over us. We find ourselves asking questions. We wonder, we ponder with thoughts that run through our brains about why. Why are we not getting the response that we want? Why are we not hearing what we need to hear? Why is it not happening the way I need it to happen? And we create, then start to create stories about why people aren't responding in the way we hoped, about why things didn't go the way we wanted them to. And we end up in a, in a rabbit hole of unanswered questions and hurt feelings. And it can become a really constant narrative in our mind. It can become really consuming. And remember, closure is often associated with relationships, but we're talking the death of a loved one, the loss of a job, 
loss of a way of life, any kind of painful endings. So the social psychologist Ari Kruglansky coined the phrase need for closure in the 1990s. So it's, it's a fairly new concept. Or it's that the way that that's described is fairly new. So that refers to a framework for decision-making that aims to find an answer on a given topic that will alleviate confusion and ambiguity. So when we seek closure, we're looking for answers to the cause of the loss in order to resolve the painful feelings. Yeah, so we have this mental puzzle in our mind and we're looking at each piece and trying to find how that puzzle all fits together. And closure is often achieved when we're satisfied that the puzzle has been assembled to our satisfaction, that the answers have been reached and it's therefore possible to move on. In shamanism, let's change slightly now into shamanic chat, these moments of transitions are often described as mini-deaths. So if you pull a death card or you see death in a journey of some sort, it's almost never about the death of a, the actual death of a person or animal. It's usually more often a symbol leading you to something that needs to change. A mini-death or ending needs to occur in order for you to move on from something. It's a common symbolic message that many of us hold on to our past for way too long. Normally because we've no framework to deal effectively with closure and letting go. Our ego tries to control the narrative both from others and in our own mind and therefore traps us in this awful cycle of confusion and this awful cycle of the puzzle, the overall puzzle of why it happened and, and, and how can I understand it and what could I have done differently. And what is true is um, it's, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in a second, but I think sometimes people wait for closure from quite disturbed people. For example, if you've been in, as I was, in a, in, a, in a relationship with a narcissist. Now, I've had many, actually, many relationships in not just romantic relationships, but also friendships and in my family with narcissists. And what I've come to understand is that it is impossible to make sense of the madness in another. It, I'm going to repeat that because when I realised this, it was such a relief. It's impossible to make sense of madness in another. It can make you feel mad when you can't make sense of that madness. But the reason you can't make sense of it is because you aren't mad. <laughs> you, aren't, you aren't in that sickness. You aren't in that place. And what I would ask you is, and what I asked myself eventually, is why do I want to go there anyway? Why do I want to understand this madness? It's a murky place. It's a dangerous place for me. So by letting that go and saying, I'm, I don't need to know that. That's not something that, that's not for me. It really helped with the process of closure. Okay, so 
we're working with closure. How how do we do it? What are the what are the few key steps that I can I can share with you that, that might be helpful? So when we're working with sacred closure, here are a few key is it steps or things to know, probably things to know and steps. So one, know that closure can be hard to reach. The closure that we've talked about, the ending of the circle, the pieces of the puzzle, it can be really hard. It can take a long time. Once we get better at it and we know to seek closure quickly at the end of something, that that does help. But if you have something in your life now that you've not um, that you've tried to get closure for for a long time or has been bothering you for a long time, those those tend to be harder to reach closure because your mind's already in that kind of habitual track of seeking the answer. So you've created a track in your mind that you're going to have to get over. You're going to have to reframe and reprocess. Uh, yeah, re- reframe how it is that you think about this transition. Yeah, so it can take longer when you've not been able to find closure because it's become a habit so it can be hard to reach you might have to perform many ceremonies you might have to um, drag up some really deep willpower from the depths of your soul in order to truly move on from a person or from an event and that's okay Try not to feel shame or frustration as this tends to choke the process. In contrast, as well, try not to be a victim to the past. So sometimes not being able to reach closure can be an excuse to wallow and use the past as an excuse to stay where you are. So it's a real tightrope of balance. So while it's important to know that closure can be hard to reach, It can also be a numbing technique. It can also be something that just keeps you in that victim state. So either way, we're not going to move into shame and frustration and anger at ourselves because that doesn't change anything. But we are going to try and find the balance. Okay, so that's the first thing I would like to say about sacred closure. Second thing is, you are not alone. And I mean that in many different ways. You know, call on your spiritual team. Your guides are there. Whether you know them or not, they're available to you. Reach out to a professional if you can. Psychodynamic counsellor or a union analyst or a pluralistic counsellor, something like that. Somebody with... um, a psychodynamic training is what I would recommend. And there are many different types of um, healers and professional support bodies that you can you can go to for this kind of help. And pull out your spiritual toolkit. What what do you have available to you? Gratitude practice. Omen walking, getting out into nature grounding, energetic boundaries, guardian guide. You know, I can go on, recapitulation, 
the lighthouse. If you're in if you're in the membership, you'll know what the lighthouse is about. What's in your toolkit? Okay. So that's the second thing. Three, and this sometimes can be the toughest, can be the toughest to hear, and it can be the toughest place to get to. So there's no judgment, but it, it, it's what I have found for myself and for many of the people that I've worked with, okay? You need to decide to let go. You need to decide that closure is where you're headed. You need to decide that that no longer has power over you and you're going to do everything in your power to get to that place. And sometimes we think we've decided, but we haven't. So have a think about that for yourself. If you're still holding on to the notion that one day you'll understand the behaviour of a deeply disturbed person, we talked about that earlier, you know, that's really unlikely. As I said, it's really impossible to make the se- make sense of the madness in another. And why would you want to? What What is in, what, what is in that for you? Other than your ego being able to know what happened. It's a, it's a tricky thing to, to, to get your head around. Or, for example, if you're waiting to hear from someone else who's not been willing to communicate with you, move on. Take your power back. Just decide that you're not going to engage in this process anymore. One day, they might get in touch with you. And that's fine. You can decide what to do at that point. But in the meantime, don't worry about it. Let it go. Decide that closure is your right. Closure is for you. And it is not dictated by the situation or the person from whom you wish to receive closure. So you're not, so there's a good language thing that I just said there. I said, from whom you want to receive closure. You, so you don't get closure from other people or from other times. You, you, you find closure from within. And that's the really important thing. It's the last thing to think of. Closure comes from within. The same as happiness comes from within. The same as meeting your own needs comes from within. Everything comes from your heart and your soul. And by holding on to the notion that you'll get closure externally, if if, if indeed you do that, you may not. You're, you're never going to succeed in reaching that circle and, and, and pulling all the pieces of the puzzle together. So in part two... We're going to have a look at a couple of things that you can do to work effectively with sacred closure, with shamanic techniques that will help you to reach a place of closure, of acceptance and of letting go. So if you like to write things down or you have a notebook for these podcasts, now's the time to go and get it. And I'll see you in just a sec. Welcome back to part two. All right, there's a couple of things I'm going to share with you today. Normally this activities and journey section is fairly short, but we have um, a journey as usual, but then I'm going to describe a sacred closure fire ceremony for you as well with water as an alternative, um, knowing that some people who listen to this podcast can't work safely with fire for various reasons. So we're going to do that. So first of all, what I'd like you to try 
probably before you do the sacred closure fire ceremony, I reckon these go in order, is journey with your guides and ask to experience the energy of closure. All right? The reason that I'm getting you to do this journey is so that when you get to this fire ceremony, you know what you're trying to achieve. Right? You know what you're headed towards. You know what it feels like. So in your journey to experience the energy of closure, take time in this space. Don't rush it. Notice how your body feels. Notice how your mind feels. If you experience resistance to feeling the energy of closure, ask for healing. Then go back and then you can come out of that journey once you've received the healing. And then you can go back in and try again to connect with the energy of closure. And it's okay if this takes time. It's okay if you find yourself having to do this multiple times. So you go in, you ask to experience the energy of closure. If you experience resistance, ask for a healing. Come out, go back in, ask to experience the energy of closure. If you're still feeling resistance, ask for another healing. Keep going, keep doing it. Keep holding the intention that you will experience the energy of closure. All right? And it's totally fine to do this multiple times. Often when something happens for me that I need closure over, I do this and it, and it can sometimes take a few goes to, to really connect in. All right? So that's the first part. The second part is the sacred closure fire ceremony or, or water ceremony if that's more appropriate for you. You would just use rice paper. You can get that online anywhere to rather than normal paper because we're going to do some writing and the rice paper will melt in the water, okay? So you set your sacred space as usual and you connect with your, with your guides. Now, if you're new and you don't know how to do that, there's a free workshop that I offer. There's a two-hour version in the Facebook community group and there's a one-hour version online. If you want to link to the one-hour version online, you'll find that in the show notes centreforshamanism.com forward slash 102 or go to the guides section in the Facebook group and you'll find it in there. All right, so you set your sacred space and you connect with your guides. And then when you feel very connected to your sacred space and grounded and ready to begin, then you light your fire. You can do that in a way that's sacred for you. You can give offerings to the fire. You can, things like lavender or... um, cedar or rose petals maybe or, or tea bags or just tea bags are really good I find um, I really enjoy good quality tea bags like pucka tea and um, various other n- nice really good tea bags and, and they're expensive so for me when I give an offering to the fire of one of one or a few of the tea bags that I buy that's actually a a lovely offering because those mean something to me and and they have value to me so something that has value something that means something to you you can give that as an offering to the fire it doesn't have to be big a tea bag isn't big but it still means something it still has value so you're lighting your fire in a way that's sacred for you maybe you can drum or play some music and or if you're doing the water version, you do a similar thing. You can have a, a sacred bowl or um cup of some kind. A cup might not be big enough, but you know, collect water in a way that is sacred to you. Perhaps 
you know it's going to rain so you'll leave your bowl out overnight and you'll collect rainwater. Perhaps there's a river nearby that means something to you or, or another or the ocean, another body of water where you can collect water from there. You can also just get it from the tap. Um, it, it really is just up to you to create something that's meaningful for you. So then sit with the fire for a while or the water. Okay, and what you're going to do is you're going to write a letter to the person or situation that you wish closure from. Now, many people, when I tell them to do this, I feel feel the roll of the eyes. I feel the sigh. I feel, oh God, write a letter, okay, blah, blah. I've heard this a million times. But by doing this in sacred space and doing it in the way that I'm going to suggest, it's actually a very powerful, very simple yet very powerful ceremony. So if you're a bit sceptical, that's okay. But before you dismiss it out of hand, just try it and see how you get on. So you're going to write a letter to the person or situation that you wish closure from. Now really pour your heart out. Okay, really get, just really get into the mucky messiness of how you really feel about this. No one's going to read this, yeah? No one's going to know what, what you write here. So this is for you to really connect with every gory, horrible, crappy detail of how you really feel about this person or situation. Rage, jealousy, anger, resentment, sadness, confusion, helplessness, loneliness, fear, guilt, shame, inadequacy, frustration, emptiness, all of those things. Get it out. Let it out on the paper. Cry if you must. Rage. Shout. Get it out. The fire is there and or the water. The fire will transmute this energy for you and the water will also do the same. And then when you feel ready, when you've poured your heart out onto the page, give your letter to the fire or the water and watch as it burns or melts away. Allow yourself to feel the release of this powerful ceremony. Go back to the first journey. Remember that um, the energy of closure. Connect with that energy of closure again. You know, and sit for a while. Watch the fire burn down to embers. Watch, watch the fire come to its conclusion, come to its natural ending. And again, if you're working with water, sit with water for a while. And feel the power of transformation. If you're working with water, you can connect with this sense that water can erode mountains. Rivers cut through landscapes like nothing else. You know, water is a very powerful change maker. It's just harder to see when it's in a bowl. So you can really connect with that energy of the water as a change maker if you're working with water. And then when you feel fairly complete in yourself and in your body, you can say, it is done. Once might be enough for you. Or you may like to chant it a few times. Perhaps you can rattle as you say these words, it is done, it is done, it is done. And maybe you want to shout it, it is done, it is done, it is done. If there's any energy left with it, this is the time to get that out. Most people at this point don't need too much of that, but... It's just an option 
if you do feel like you just need that wee bit extra. And then you close your sacred space, give thanks to the fire or the water. And then you've got one final thing to do. I'd like you to take the ashes of the fire into your garden or somewhere in nature that calls to you and spread the ashes as you would a loved one the e- or, or you know, the, the ending of something. You're going to scatter the ashes of the fire and then it becomes food for other plants. It goes back into the cycle and that's kind of the true nature of a mini death. It ends as transmuted and becomes something new. And the same with with your water. You can pour it out into your garden, spread it out over many plants or somewhere in nature that calls to you in the same way and for the same reason. Okay? So that's quite a big one for a podcast. So as always, if you do want to share your experiences, if you try this, get over into the group and, and let us know how you get on. If you have any questions that you can ask as well. Um, it'd be nice to, to share our journeys with sacred closure. And as always, I'll put the podcast post in the group so that you can go there and, and read other people's experiences as well. So while we're connecting with these moments of transition, these mini deaths, remember that that's what life's all about. Sacred closure, learning how to close off an old story, learning how to create space for a new story to emerge is one of the most important things we can do in our life. So I really hope you found this podcast helpful. I really hope that you connect with the idea of sacred closure in a way that works for you. Perhaps you have ways that you work with sacred closure and you'd like to share those in the group. We'd love to hear those as well. So thank you so much for listening this week. I have enjoyed this podcast and again thank you to the person who suggested the topic. If you have a topic in mind that you'd like me to cover in a podcast, again pop into the Facebook group and please do let me know because I do use those suggestions. Um, I will create a podcast for you or I'll let you know if there's already one available with that subject matter. So thanks very much for listening and I'll see you all same time, same place in a couple of weeks. Hey, thank you so much for listening. We love it. We love you. We love connecting with you on our podcast. We're really pushing our Facebook community right now. It is where all the juicy shamanic stuff happens. So if you'd like to join us in that community, you'll find us on Facebook and look for the Centre for Shamanism community group. And we'll see you there. Thank you.